Can you imagine acting on a TV show in front of a live audience while managing your type 1 diabetes? That's gotta be pretty stressful, and today's guest and I will get into that and a lot more. Welcome back to Diabetech. I'm Justin, I have type 1 diabetes, and on this show, I talk all things diabetes tech, news, and management with educators, tech industry leaders, and those thriving with diabetes. I am eager for you to hear today's guest, an actor from Hollywood, Derek Thieler. You may know him from the hit series Baby Daddy or 68 Whiskey. He's also starring in a Christmas movie on Disney Plus called Naughty Nine that releases on Thanksgiving Day. I will absolutely be checking that out. I love a holiday movie. Derek and I covered a ton from his early diagnosis, how he became an actor, and he gets into a ton of stories from having a low during an audition and to how his pump died in the ocean in Cape Town. We also talk about his upcoming documentary, Breaking Limits, Life on the Edge, a film following T1D athletes and their triumphs. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on YouTube and all podcast platforms, so be sure to follow and keep in mind that anything you hear on this podcast or content on my social media and YouTube channel is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by T1D Exchange. You can directly make an impact on diabetes healthcare, treatments, and technology by participating in the T1D Exchange registry. It starts with a simple survey about your life with T1D and it only takes about 15 minutes. After that, you'll have a personal portal with ongoing T1D study and survey opportunities from research on technology, daily T1D management, and more. Plus, some of these studies even offer compensation. Signing up with the link in the show notes helps support my channel and it allows me to continue putting out free content. You can sign up at t1dexchange.com dot org slash diabetic or click that link in today's show notes. Now for the episode. Derek, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Justin. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I, I watch all of your, your stuff on, on Instagram and your podcast and here I am. I'm pumped. Um, thanks for watching. Uh, this is exciting um, because I think your career of acting is just such an interesting thing to be doing while also managing a pancreas. And mm -hmm. I just have so many questions for you. And a lot of my listeners don't know, I lived in LA for eight years. I worked in Hollywood. I understand the stress of being on set, the, the long hours when I was at America's Got Talent, I was working like 13, 14 day hours, which was yeah. the worst. Uh, yeah. And I didn't have diabetes at the time. I, and I couldn't imagine that. And then also being someone in front of the camera having that pressure of like being on it, which I guess mm -hmm. I do experience doing this, there's just a lot there. And I think that if, if you can do all that, then a lot of people listening can do a ton of, a ton of that as well. So <laughs> yes. I want to start kind of at the very beginning before we get into all that, which okay. is kind of just tell us a little bit about your diagnosis. I, was, I, I grew up, I was actually born in Alaska, um, near Fairbanks, way up north. That's where my parents met each other. So my sister was born as well. Um, and when I was three years old, I was diagnosed with type one. Uh, I, I don't remember it. So that means that I've lived my entire life without knowing, without not knowing diabetes, you know? So it was tough. No one in my family had had it pre previously. Um, no parents or relatives really. And, um, 
so it was a big change for them. We were, like I said, we were in Alaska. We were in a pretty isolated situation. And then I remember we moved to Colorado in my very, very first memory. I was uh, like five and a half years old was the day my sister was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And wow. um, it was tough. And, and I remember it was such a solemn moment. It was, it was actually Easter Sunday. I remember everyone was wearing their Sunday best. And my very, very first memory of existence is the second my sister was diagnosed and my family kind of consoling each other and, and embracing each other and being really upset and distraught about the news that I didn't quite understand. I, I remember they used my blood meter to test my sister and that wasn't, that, that wasn't normal for me. And, um, and so diabetes has had a huge impact in my life. That, that's where it all started for me. Yeah. Have you ever spoken to your sister about kind of her perspective at the time, especially having a younger brother, she was older than you. No, no, she was younger than me. Oh, she was. So younger. she doesn't remember her oh, diagnosis. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, what about like her growing up with you as an older brother? Tell me, kind of about that that relationship. Yeah, we were close. We were buds because um, when we were kids growing up in Colorado, we didn't have friends who were diabetics. Uh, we didn't. We didn't go to diabetic camp yet until I was a little bit older. So it was so isolating. There was no one else at our school with diabetes. The nurse didn't know what diabetes was, you know? So it, wow. I remember we were very close and there would be moments where we would need to help each other out. You know, either I'd run out of insulin in my pump later when we got the pumps or, or I need insulin and we would give each other injections or plug into our own sites and, and bolus that way or give each other snacks. And that was constantly like we were helping each other out because both we didn't want to get in situations where we were low or high at school, but also we didn't want our parents to know that we weren't prepared and we didn't have all the supplies that we needed. So we were buds in that way where we definitely worked together and there were situations where we could see each other at recess or whatever it was. And we seemed to uh, be able to, to notice the tells a lot better than, than the staffing at the time, which is, you know, it's a huge problem out there that I, I'm, uh, these 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 nurses and, and people who were there for people's health at at, um, at schools and in those kind of industries, not quite not even knowing what the difference between type one and type two is. So it's still something the messaging that we're still got to deliver, you know. So were you and your sister hypersensitive to each other's like lows and highs? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that we were. Um, I played competitive basketball growing up. I I would go. You know, our vacations were always like well, to Las Vegas, where my tournament was in the summer or whatever it was. And my sister would always come with us, especially when we were younger. And she would always like have the eye for it when I seemed like something was a little off or, you know, I, I, I mumbled one of my sentences or, or missed a pass or whatever it was. Ashley and my sister would always be like, I think Derek is getting low. And she was usually right. So we definitely had a really strong connection. Like I said, we didn't, there was nobody else out there that uh, we could relate to who, who was going through the same kind of issues. So it definitely strengthened our bond doing that together growing up. Yeah. So I was diagnosed two and a half years ago. I like to say that I'm spoiled when it comes to the technology that existed when I was diagnosed. Yeah. What was your experience at that age, being a kid with your sister and not being able to rely as much on the technology that we have today? It's almost hard to believe that we lived in that time where I would go, you know, all day and t test my blood twice or two or three times. You know, it's like that that doesn't make sense to me in, in, the, in the amount of data we have with Dexcom today. It's just it, it's we, we did it. We got by. We made it work. Um, when I was diagnosed, we had to wait. I think two minutes for a blood reading. And then the insulin that we use, we had NPH <laughs> and a version of Humalog that was, yeah, exactly. A version of a fast acting insulin that actually took over an hour to get any 
any kind of feedback in your body, right? So wow. it was a lot and it was intense. And I mean, it was scary. There was our endocrinologist. We had a horrible relationship with the first couple of endocrinologists who was all doom and gloom and statistics and life expectancy. And for a kid who mm-hmm. doesn't have anyone else who, who is dealing with that besides his sister and, and you're getting thrown all of these statistics, it was, it was scary and chaotic. And, um, and I think the JDRF honestly was one of our biggest resources. When I was a kid, uh, we would go and do the, the JDRF one walks and we'd get to see people out there who had diabetes, were dealing with the same problems, but also we would get a, uh, an idea of what was coming out there, the new technology. And since like a kid and going to those JDRF events, it was always important to know what was coming down the line, what the new tech was, you know? And that was always important to me to know what was, what was, what the next thing was that would improve me being able to handle my, you know, my condition. So it was tough, you know, back in the eighties, being a diabetic, it was, you know, it wasn't as bad as the seventies, but it's a lot worse than it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone listening, you can still watch diabetic tech for all your up and coming technology. No need to go anywhere else. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, no, that's, that, that's right. No, but this, this, this type of a, of, of a resource for people is huge. And I would have loved it as a kid. If I could tune right. into you, Justin, and see what the next thing was, what people are talking about, what they're developing. It's, um, it's exciting now to be in this place as a diabetic knowing that, you know, they're working so hard on the cure, they're optimistic about that, but they're also finding better technology to help us manage it. So it's the best time to be a diabetic right now. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And I'm happy that I could provide this resource, not only for the parents, but also so the children can see like, look at this guy, he's in his 30s, he's living his life. And I can do that too. And and that's why I continue to do this. I think it's, it's so cool what social media has done. Um, there's so much good to it. <laughs> and I'm glad that, um, that both of us have really found uh, ways to do that. Yeah, I, I, I was, agree. Yeah, I agree. I think both of us are utilizing social media the best way we can to try to, to, to motivate and help others out there. You know, even though some people are against social media, this is really helping for good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I was doing a little research before this interview, and I read something where you said your parents were checking your sugar readings like yeah. every night. I mean, yeah. tell me about yeah, tell me about their fears, like what you witnessed as a kid with them, and, and did that carry over to you at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I remember when I was young, we lived almost like like a fear based existence of what's going to go wrong next, you know. And it's so, I mean, it's it's hard. I was three when I was diagnosed. My sister was three when she was diagnosed. My parents had two really young kids who couldn't explain what was going on with their body and how they felt at the time when we were going through it. So it's, um, it was just a lot. And you know, it was a lot of responsibility too. I really think it helped me grow up fast. I needed to be aware of my body, aware of my numbers and do math constantly and give myself injections. I started doing that at like six, seven years old. So it was a lot of responsibility. And as far as like, my parents waking up, they woke up every single night and tested my sister and I's blood, blood sugar at 2 a.m. every night because of, because of the fear that we would get too low at night. And um, I think some of those feelings probably carried over with me. But at the same time, I'm a kid. I'm dealing with this thing that I don't remember not having. This is my life. This is the way I work. So it turned into like a nagging thing, too. It's like, I, Mom, I, I know where I am, you know, I I test, I tested. I, yeah. mom, I'm, don't worry. I'm getting a bolus for that. It, it kind of turned into that because I was a, growing up as a kid, as an adolescent, kind of rebellious too. So mm-hmm. we went through a lot of different phases as a diabetic, personally, you know. But um, I, I definitely have so much respect and love for my parents that devoted fully, and they were going to 
be as familiar as they could with the tech. They were going to understand this disease and they were going to make sure that we didn't get low at night. And, and they did an amazing job. Do you remember a moment like when did they let go or or have they ever let go of that control or that yeah. questioning? Yeah, um, I think they have let go. Luckily, at this point, you know, I'm, adult, yeah. I'm an adult. But, you know, I remember distinctly the first time I got an insulin pump. It was a uh, Decitronic Detron, I think. And we're talking like I was, this is probably 20 years ago, you know, and I, I was, I was 15, I think. And that day, I remember my sister and I got the pump the same day and we went straight to IHOP and we got the, the birthday cake pancakes. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the sprinkles, the syrup, the, there was ice cream on it. It was like the maximum. And I remember, I will always remember that day because I cherished it so much because I was allowed to just like, at, at this point, we, we were, you know, able to take insulin for everything we ate. And up until that point, I was on a sliding scale and I was counting my carbs and I was matching it on a strict schedule up until that point. And that day, my sister and I got to eat chocolate chip, you know, whipped cream, ice cream pancakes and take enough insulin for it. So it wasn't like a disaster. And I'll never forget it because it was one of the happiest days of my life as a 15, 14 year old being able to eat like a normal person and enjoy all that sugar. It was, uh, it was, it was a, an important moment in my life that I'll never forget. And um, I'm lucky now to be able to kind of eat things, even though I try to stay healthy, I can have that kind of stuff, which I couldn't for so many years of my life as far as the way we were managing it. Uh, what tech are you wearing now? Um, I've got the Dexcom G6 and the T-Slim pump. Okay. And I'm actually making the, the move to the Omnipod. So I'm really excited about that. I don't want to get super into it because I'm having an insurance problem, but uh, I do. Of course. Of I'm course excited to get on the Omnipod. You know what I mean? And, and I realize, I know, like, if I'm having a hard time, I've got decent insurance, you know, and I, I've, got a, I've got a job. I know that there's a huge problem in this country with people who can't get the devices that are the most technological, uh, the, the new, newest advancements. I, I realize that's an issue, too, but um, I, I am making the change myself to get the Omnipod, and I can't wait. And I'm sure that's going to help with acting which we'll get into in just a second just like sure. kind of the mobility of that your but your career focus wasn't always acting right yeah that, yeah that's right i was pretty driven by diabetes since the beginning i i just the way i would grew up in my the way i was raised and and kind of what i went through i there was just a missing part in the space you know there weren't people who were diabetic who we could follow and see what they were doing diet you know athletes or actors or you know, artists, nobody was talking about it. So yeah, I, um, I wanted to do whatever I, I, I could to kind of, kind of bring more awareness to, to diabetes. And initially I got my degree in pre-medicine and nutrition. I double majored because I wanted to go into endocrinology. I, I wanted to do what I could because I had so many horrible experiences with my endocrinologist in the past. So that was kind of the goal. And then my senior year of college, I took a trip, a vacation to Los Angeles and I wound up on a hit television show the first day I was in LA. And so that kind of, <laughs> kind of deterred Wait, my plan. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a lot of people know that, but I guess I could tell you here, it's a secret, right? I, I went to LA my senior year of college, I was getting my degree and I went for fun with my friends, sleeping on a friend's couch, you know, in LA. And I wound up um, meeting somebody who asked if I wanted to meet some, their friend and I did. And their friend was Lauren Conrad from the Hills. And she asked me if I would be her New Year's Eve date. And I said, yes, 
And when I showed up, I had to sign 10 NDAs and I wound up on the show. I didn't even know it was coming. And that <laughs> oh was God. the thing that made me decide that I was going to try to take as many acting classes as I could and hit the ground running in LA as soon as I graduated and try to build a career this way too and, and use whatever whatever kind of following I could to push diabetes messaging, you know? Yeah. How long have you been acting? I've been here for 15 years now. Okay. Yeah. And like, I, I as soon as I graduated, I moved to LA without knowing what I was doing or knowing anybody. And I just, I was an adult. So I was past the, uh, the partying stage of my life or whatever. And I wanted to focus on my career. So I, I took as many acting classes as I could. I took as many meetings as I could. I booked four national commercials my first year, luckily. So I didn't have to get like a, a server job. And then, um, I booked baby daddy within a year and a half of landing here. So I'm, I'm, I'm wow. so lucky that, uh, that it worked out for me that way. When you first started in this career path and you were going to auditions, Hmm. how did you handle the diabetes thing? Did you, did you hide it or were you like completely comfortable about it? Open about it. When did you tell them? It's did been an evolution. Tell them okay. it's been an evolution for me. Um, in the beginning, I didn't want to tell anyone. I thought it would be something that would hurt my chances. So I didn't want to hurt my chances for getting a part in any way. Yeah. So that was kind of the plan. I'll tell you a quick story. The, my audition for baby daddy, right? I, I was a newcomer. I, I'm going to try to get through it quickly, but I, I did my first read and it was the casting assistant. He's like, oh, let me go get the casting director. I was like, oh, okay, that didn't even count. Sure, okay. Brings the casting director in, <laughs> do it for the casting director. She says, oh, let me turn the camera on. Wait, what? That didn't count either, you know? Like, so, so I go through all these stages. They turn the camera on. I do the audition. And then she says, I did a good job. She wants me to come back for the creator tomorrow. So I do that. I come back for the creator and it goes well. And he says, okay, here's the deal. I want you to test for this part. We're going to bring you in next week. No pressure, but we've got this director from Friends. It's going to be like, there's going to be 30 people in the room, all the network execs. You know, it's a big deal. This is your chance, right? So as a type 1 diabetic, I get my audition at noon. I decide I'm not going to eat beforehand. This is before I have Dexcom, right? And I I, I made a huge mistake, and I wound up sitting in the in a, in a test you also are competing against two or three other people like mm -hmm. in the same room and they keep bringing you in and out Ugh. and you change. Like it's like a whole couple of hours of torture, right? And yeah. my blood sugar dropped. And when I say dropped, like I didn't have Dexcom, but I was in bad shape and I was so low that my head wasn't with it. I was so foggy. I couldn't take direction. Oh, I couldn't no. get my lines out. And I remember at one point when I, I, I was sweating so bad that I, I bent my elbows and I had sweat pouring off of my elbows, pouring down because I was so low and I didn't want to give him an excuse. I didn't want to say I'm a diabetic. This is the reasoning for this. I didn't want to lose the part because I was diabetic. Right. So I went, uh, so they let me go. The test was over and I wound up taking an hour and a half to find my car in the Disney parking lot. I was so low, you know, like just horrible circumstance. And I got to my car and I, you know, scrounged around whatever Gatorades I could find and chugged them and brought my blood sugar up enough. To, have, to realize what had just happened. And I feel like I'm, I, I blew the biggest chance of my, like, my life, this huge opportunity. Called my mom in tears, told her what happened. And she told me that I had to let them in. And I had to call the casting director and let them know what happened. And so I did. And I, you know, I called the phone. This is like an hour and a half after, or an hour and a half after I uh, got back to my car. And they were like, hey, um, we've, we've been talking about you. Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I... I got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a diabetic. I have this condition. I was definitely not my best. I had a really bad diabetes day. 
Um, I want to apologize because, you know, I, I, I didn't bring my best. And they're like, we've already talked this over. We want to bring you back tomorrow because we knew something was going on. And they brought me back that next day and I booked that job. And that those people there that were in the room were also some of the executives on set every time we shot. And they, from that moment to the rest of uh, the rest of the six seasons we did, 102 episodes, they were there and they would would check on me. And whenever they, they know, whenever I missed a line, it would be like, hey, Derek, do you need five for a Coke or something? No problem. You know what I mean? So they saw me at my very worst on day one. And then because of that, we became family. And those people are like, they are family to me now. So it's a pretty, pretty incredible story of, you know, bringing people in and letting them be aware of what you're going through can really, you know, build relationships. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, that story touched me. And I'm sure a lot of people listening too, because so many of us, including myself, can become so stuck in our heads, especially in these low moments, literal low moments, yeah. um, and not let the people around us in just I mean, because we don't want, we don't necessarily even want to talk about it, right? We don't want to be, we don't want to come off as weaker then. Exactly. Um, and I think it's so wonderful. All you needed was a little mother's advice, which can come in real key. Um, yeah. And it's so wonderful that you did let them in. Um, and that, I mean, they responded in that way too is, yeah. was pretty it's also awesome. been, been kind of like a help for the rest of my career. Every time I'm on set now, I go straight to the medic and the director and talk to them and say, hey, I just want you to know I'm a diabetic. If there's anything that goes wrong on set, it usually means I might need a couple minutes and I need to bring my levels up and have some sugar, but I will be aware, I'll be on top of it, and I'll let you know if there's anything that you can do for me. And that's usually enough. And you know, surprisingly today, people know a little bit more about diabetes than they used to. But that's what I always do the first thing, no matter what, because it's it's really important to bring people in, make sure people are aware what you're going through, um, you know, on a daily basis. When you're on set, does someone have a Dexcom app or receiver that they're looking at to just keep an eye on where you're at in case you're just so in the moment? That's a good question. Um, I mean, one thing I, I always try to recommend is me having my Apple Watch for uh, my wardrobe and usually if i'm not playing a superhero in like the suit i'm allowed to have it so you'll see i, I have an apple watch oh, almost wow. all of my more recent work because it's so easy for me to to glance down and know where i'm at without having to pull anything out and all that it's it's been a game changer for me so yeah. i definitely make friends with the wardrobe department right off the bat and i say hi i don't know if you guys normal allow normally allow watches or what you got to do to get it approved but if I can have my Apple Watch, it's gonna be a huge tool for me, and that usually gets pushed forward. And then um, if other times, I mean, another big goal, and I'm a huge superhero fan, graphic novels, like a huge goal of mine when I decided to come to LA was to play a superhero and get to wear all my my uh, diabetes tech, my, my diet tech, uh, diet bet tech under yeah. my suit, you know what I'm saying? Like that mm. was always the goal, and so, Another thing that's cool is when I make friends with those wardrobe people, uh, they, they're building a suit for me or building something specific for me. Uh, they'll put a pocket in my clothes for my pump as well, which is also very helpful when you're wearing a super suit. There aren't pockets in it, you know, and they usually put it like in the small of my back behind my, my cape or whatever it is. So that's something that's also helpful for me to have my pump on me, have a specific spot for it at all times that I can reach to it and get it out. But as far as someone else on my Dexcom, my wife has the alert app. So she uh, she gets alerted if I get low. Uh, I think my mom is too, but she's kind of passed off the uh, the reins to my wife at this point when it comes to um, the share app. 
But uh, I wouldn't say that there's somebody constantly following my numbers mm-hmm. uh, more than me. It's kind of it's kind of my job when I'm on set, I feel like. And there are times when I don't have the watch and my phone's over at the chair and we've been doing a fight scene for like two hours. Then I, whenever I have a second, run back to the, the chair, look at my phone, see where I'm at, you know. A quick word from today's sponsor, Omnipod. When I was first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, one of my biggest fears was wearing an insulin pump and what that would look like. My fears were totally diminished once I started wearing Omnipod. Omnipod is a tubeless insulin pump that could be worn almost anywhere you'd give yourself an injection. What I love most is that I forget I'm wearing it. I never have to worry about disconnecting it for showers or swimming, and when I play kickball or go running, it's super secure. Even better, with Omnipod 5, you get automated insulin delivery by connecting it to a CGM. Omnipod 5 uses CGM trend and value to predict your glucose 60 minutes into the future and makes adjustments to your insulin delivery. If you want to try out Omnipod 5 yourself, you may be eligible for a trial. To check your eligibility and for full safety information and instructions for use, visit omnipod.com diabetic or click the link in today's show notes. All right, back to the show. First day, baby daddy, you get there. Obviously, some of the people, the higher ups know about your situation, but I mean, that's, there's still pressure. I mean, there's, oh, the, yeah. there's the pressure of, oh my God, I'm going to be on a TV show, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then add the diabetes. Oh, oh my God, I'm going to be managing my diabetes at the same time as being on a TV show. Yeah. Tell me about that. Take me into that day. Let, let me add a little more pressure to that situation oh, because <laughs> like- I was an athlete my whole life. I never took a theater class. I I took acting classes for audition preps and working in scene work, but never theater, right? And a live audience sitcom, which Baby Daddy was, is theater. We have a 200-person audience, right? Okay. I've never worked in front of an audience my whole life. And I booked this job, and I grew up on action movies, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, like that Die Hard. Those were the movies that I loved, and that's why I came to L.A. to be an action star. And I booked this sitcom which i didn't i didn't watch friends like i didn't know what it was so i remember going to an episode a live taping of two and a half men when ashton kutcher had just taken over and that was Mm -hmm. the moment i realized that i was going to have to perform in front of a 200 person audience before the show even made the air so i was super nervous so you asked me about the first day i showed up on set i'm i've got to hold the baby for half of my scenes i'm not that familiar with like babies (laughs) i I was stressed and I'm pretty sure my blood sugar levels showed it. You know, I was all over the place. I had a lot of adrenaline and whatever I was stressed Mm -hmm. about. But um, I think I I let everyone know what I was going through, but I'm I'm pretty sure my levels were pretty elevated the first week. And then gradually, as you know, you get used to something and and throughout the weeks and years, it all became, you know, very, uh, very home to me. Yeah. Did, Did anyone with type one specifically come out to the show to watch you? That's a really great question. Um, I don't know for fat for sure. Um, I'd like to say that I've seen a couple of people because we were always after the, the the show would end, we'd do the meet and greet and all the fans, we'd, we'd mm-hmm. get to see them all. I'm sure I've had a couple of people like, I got a Dexcom. I'm like, yes, I'm going to go talk to you first, you know? So yeah. I, I think we had situations like that for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got to do a lot of other diabetes kind of awareness stuff um, around the country and, and do a lot of meet and greets. So I have gotten to meet a lot of type one diabetics uh, throughout the years. And it's funny, I'm always like, I'm always wanting to know about their tech and want to know about their story and tell me, you know, tell me about you. And all they want to do is know what it's, you know, how to be an actor, all of them, all the kids, no matter what, it's the same thing. What would be your advice to 
someone with type one who's going into that actor career, mm-hmm. what would you, what's the advice you would give them? I, we've already touched on it. I think my advice yeah. would be to to bring people in, you know, talk to everybody on set about it. Who wants to talk about it? I, I love, yep. you know, I love walking around sets, meeting new crews. I see a Dexcom on set. That's what we're talking about for the next couple of hours. And I bring everyone in the conversation, talk about, you know, if I realize somebody's a diabetic on set, a lot of times they're, you know, older than me usually, and they're not as familiar with the tech. You know, they, they don't know mm-hmm. that there's inhalable insulin. They don't know that, that tubeless pumps exist. So I love to get in there and start talking to the, to, uh, to diabetics in the wild on the crew about the possibilities uh, for their for their treatment options and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's so important for us to educate others and talk about it in these situations too, because this is what makes us unique and also mm-hmm. what makes us so strong. In fact, so much stronger than many other people. I mean, everyone has their things, but the to, to be someone who's not only acting but managing a pancreas a lot of work goes into that and people respect that so i think mm-hmm. not hiding it does a lot of good for you uh, yeah. and that's why i try to talk about it as much as i can too outside yeah, of this. It's, it's, yeah it's always the right move and i've got another quick story i can tell you i'm going to try to run yeah. through this story but um i was recently working in new orleans on a television show and first of all don't shoot in new orleans in the summer it's too hot it was insane <laughs> like i got heat stroke two days before this story um, but we're shooting in New Orleans. We have this huge scene. We, we, we shot the setup for it. It's on at golden hour. So it's vital that we get this done. Like on that one hour, we've got a 120 person crew. It's a big job. And we're out in the middle of the swamp. We got lights, we got cranes, we got guns, stunt choreography, and we have alligators, right? It's a huge scene in the swamp. And I, this day was kind of weird for me. I had a lot going on. I was shooting different scenes and I wound up double bolusing for my dinner because I thought I had a, I thought I had a failed sight for my pump, right? So I took insulin. Oh no! I, I waited a half hour. Nothing was happening. I was already high. I was, I was being. I was high most of the day. So then I changed my sight, took my insulin again, and on my way to set for this huge scene we've been waiting for for like a day and a half, I start dropping fast. I get the Dexcom alert that I'm going down. I'm dropping like 50 points every two two minutes. Like it's insane how fast I'm dropping. I've got over 20 units on board, which is nuts for me, right? And in uh, no, no dinner. So what I did is I ran to the medic who already knew I was a diabetic. And I said, we have a situation here. I know we're supposed to be filming in 20 minutes, but I'm going to have a serious low if I don't get like a couple of chokes, uh, cokes rushed to me on, on the stat, right? So then it turned into um, me just drinking Coca-Cola, taking a couple of glucose tablets and taking a little bit longer than, than everyone thought it would take to set up the scene. And it wound up being me in a tent surrounded by the whole crew drinking a Coke while everyone's waiting for me. Last, the last thing you want to do is look like a diva on set, right? So I was really nervous about that. I wound up getting my stuff straight so that I could, you know, I was only 15 minutes late. We wound up shooting the scene and it went well. Everything got handled. And at the end of the day, middle of the night, right? I had one of these big gaffers, light guys, right? Came up to me and he's like, hey, man, I heard you're a diabetic. And uh, I, I want to let you know I am too. I'm rocking the Dexcom like he had it on his arm. He's like, I want, I want you to know that I told everyone here, all the crew, that you were going through a real situation and you weren't just being a diva. And that meant so much to me. You know what I mean? That there was someone out there who saw a diabetic in need and decided to cover for him. So that was uh, another great story where diabetics in the wild were already on a team, you know? There's something so special about being in the same room as someone with type one diabetes who, yeah, it's the relatability. 
you just get it. I have a friend, she's come on this podcast, my friend Jenna, she had diabetes before I was diagnosed. And now that we're, we both have it, just the, the connection we have where we're walking to lunch and we're like, oh, I'm going to pre-bolus. Just throwing these terms and these thoughts and like, oh, I'm having a bad low. It just, there's something, it's just so nice. It's, it's yeah. so special, that camaraderie. And I'm glad you had it that day. And, and it, and I'm sorry that you sometimes are worried about being a diva. I get that too. I worry about that in my own way uh, when I go through through this stuff too. And it's like, this is this is your health. Health comes before work every day, yeah, always. That's right. Let's let's get into diet because like the diet on shoot days. Even so, I specifically won't eat certain things. Before mm -hmm. this interview, I was like, oh, I let me just grab a slice of pizza. I was like, no, Justin, you are not going to grab a slice of pizza before you have this interview. You're mm -hmm. going to get like a chicken and 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 salad because everything will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? Do you let loose at all? Or are you very regimented? You know, honestly, I wouldn't say I'm very regimented. I try to eat as healthy as possible. But for the main reason, I think it's for like my health and my physique more than my diabetes, honestly. You know, like I, I just I, I want to put in the foods that are going to help me get stronger and lose fat usually, you know? So it's, it's, it's less about trying to keep my numbers more stable than like trying to be physically fit. But, um, I definitely, when it comes to big days that I have on set and I'm burning a lot of calories, if I have a big, like, like I'm fighting all day, this happens a lot. I'm, I, I sometimes fight scenes are all day. And when that some stuff mm -hmm. like that happens, I always want to go into the day a little bit higher in my blood sugar, like around 160, 180, somewhere like that. Just so I know mm -hmm. that I have a little bit more of a buffer before I, I, you know, I'm going to get low to the point where I would need something. So that's yeah. definitely the case when it comes to food. Um, you know, I well, stay away from. I know, I know craft services. Okay, I've been oh, yeah. on a bunch of Hollywood sets. There's mm -hmm. Dunkin' Donuts. There's Munchkins. There's, there, there's the worst snacks out there. There's the sour straws, and then yeah. when they order the food, it's pasta. They order pizza sometimes. Mm -hmm. Do you take part in that all the time, or or do you work with them and be like, hey, can I get yeah. my own? Like, can you make sure to just get some greens and proteins because that's what I'm going to eat. Right. That's a great question. Um. I think I've been actually pretty lucky for the most part because like you said, craft services, they have everything as well as for the meals. They have a spread. They have three different meats. They have three different pastas. Mm -hmm. they, have, they usually have greens too. So luckily for me, usually when I'm on set, there's an option that's healthy. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I also like, I'm a weird guy when it comes to work. I, um, I like to be hyper-focused. And so especially like if I'm, if I'm like, I'm fighting or I've got a scene with my shirt off or something, you know, like whatever, whatever. I know that doesn't mean you have to be hyper-focused always, but like, <laughs> I like, I'm one of the guys who kind of like, doesn't pick at craft services that much and try to kind of like focus up for what I'm working on. And then I have an hour for lunch and then I do my quick debrief 15 minutes and I'll eat what I need to, and then get back in the zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm yeah. not like eating donuts constantly. I kind of, when I'm at work, I'm on set. It's not about the food. It's about my performance and, and trying to get the necessity, you know, the fuel that I yeah. need kind of. Yeah, and here I was sitting down thinking we have so much in common, but I mean, I'm the person that does go to Crafty, and that is why I'm at work, is to mm -hmm. get the snacks, and I'm also taking some snacks and putting them in my bag so I can take them home. I, I, taking I, I a couple say, oranges, putting them in I my fruit bowl. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't steal stuff for when I got home later. That is definitely something that I've done when I've, I've gathered it. 
But for me, for some, there's something weird about being focused and being on set yeah. and not just kind yeah. of like perusing and browsing. I like to yeah. kind of kind of be focused on my meal, focused on what I'm working on. If I need something, if I'm low, then it's usually candy or a Coke or glucose, something yeah. like that. But yeah, I try to not peruse as we work. Yeah, no, and I get that. Even for me doing speaking events or work-related events where I need to be on it, mm-hmm. I don't like to eat things that could just make my sugars go a little crazy. Um, but if mm-hmm. I'm like editing, producing in the background, oh yeah, I'm, I'm eating snacks. You said shirt off. Many people listening may like the sound of that. Uh, <laughs> when you take your shirt off and, and when, as it relates to your character, is your technology ever showing? Mm-hmm. Is it specifically not showing maybe because your character doesn't have diabetes? Tell mm-hmm. me about that. That's a great question. I mean, since I've been doing this, I've been wanting to play a diabetic on screen so I wouldn't have to deal with taking things off. I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to find a way to play a diabetic character that is on some kind of a hit show that lasts, you know, it's not just like a one scene in a movie, you know what I'm saying? So I've got an idea, I'm working on it. It's a long way out still, but um, the truth is I'm never playing a type one diabetic ever really. I did one quick scene in uh, Kelsey Bascom. It has a movie about diabetes called Quarter. And it's really interesting. It's about a girl, you know, uh, 25 years old going through what it's like as a diabetic. I have a scene in there where I'm rocking an Omnipod. I don't even have an Omnipod yet, you know, but I was really proud to play that <laughs> character. But the truth is, back to your question, I have I have my Dexcom and my an insulin site on me almost at all times. And I take my shirt off a lot for my job. Um, for whatever reason, you know? So usually when it comes to my, uh, my Dexcom sites, I almost always put them uh, below my belt line on my backside because it's, you know, it's a, not often I have to show that part on screen, you know, even though mm-hmm. I did a couple of times, actually, I, we had to get creative with uh, intimate scenes, right? And I, when I worked on 68 Whiskey and I had a couple of scenes like that where I had my Dexcom in that place and you can definitely catch it on screen if you look really close. But um, we got creative with like some of the camera angles and stuff like that. And, um, you know, to answer the question, I'm almost never playing a diabetic, but I can't wait till the chance I get to play a diabetic. And because of that, we're being creative and putting my Dexcom somewhere that's not on my stomach if I'm taking my shirt off and things like that. Yeah. Last time we spoke, you had mentioned a shark scene. Right. Yeah. I, you uh, were in water. What was that? Oh man. Yeah. I, um, I did this movie. It was the time of my life. I did a movie in Cape town, South Africa called the shark killer. I played the shark killer and it was just this thriller action thriller. And while I was there, um, in South Africa, I, while I was filming, we had five days in the open ocean with all of our underwater stuff and open water stuff. And during that time, my insulin pump went overboard, right? My insulin pump got fully submerged in the water and died. And I'm in South Africa, kind of unaware of how to use like, like injections at the time. So I had to relearn how to do that while I was in the middle of a movie with insulin that I wasn't familiar with. It took considerably longer than Humalog and also with needles that were much larger gauge than I should have been dealing with for normal injections. So it was, it was a mess, but I found a way to make it work. It was a lot more, it was a lot more work. I was, you know, constantly checking my blood sugar, but we got the movie done and, and it wound up being fun and I survived, you know, but like a situation like that was, if, if I wouldn't have been adaptable and, and wouldn't have found a way to make it work, I, I, you know, the movie would have been scrapped probably if I would have had to 
leave or go get another pump and come back. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so, so much pressure on the situation that I'm glad that I found a way to make it work, but it was, it was hairy, you know, like my blood sugar was out of range for half the shoot and I'm dealing with these huge needles. So it was, it was a lot. Yeah. I believe that tandem does have some sort of loan program when you're going on vacation, they'll give you an extra pump to have on you. Right. Have you changed the way you travel and just in general since that experience? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, first of all, this wasn't a tandem. So this was years ago. Before, oh, okay. Uh, before, so, you know, they didn't have loaner pumps at this point for, I think I had a Medtronic, okay. I believe is what it was. Um, but yeah, the answer to your question is, yeah, I have an extra tandem pump now anytime I go anywhere. You know, I bring it everywhere yeah. with me because of that situation. Is one of the reasons you've decided to switch to Omnipod, is that career related? The like the flexibility? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got to go to DC and I did the uh, the JDRF Children's Congress and it was amazing to me how many Omnipods were there because the last time I did it four years ago, it was almost no Omnipods. It was two pumps, right? And Mm-hmm. A lot of the parents were telling me how much better their control was, and uh, and it's something that you know I kind of thought about a uh, about the Omnipod, and that might be a good candidate for it. But the real reason that I that I'm changing now is because I've been having problems with my T Slim sites. Uh, the sites that I get prescribed to me that have the tubing, I, I feel like half of them fail on me, and that's a pretty bad percentage when you're you know when you need to have control of your diabetes when you're working. So. That's the main reason I want to go to the Omnipod, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I've heard a lot of great things. What infusion set are you using? I just learned, like, all about infusion sets. I did a whole mm-hmm. video trying them all out. So now I can actually yeah. understand what you're saying with right. this response. Well, there was, the, the ones that I used to love that I used for the longest time were the 90s. I, okay. I liked those. And then my insurance stopped covering it. So now they only cover the XCs. And I feel like half half the time I put an XC in and 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 pull the uh, the needle out, the site fails on me, and so it's it's been really frustrating. So I'm I'm excited yeah. to try the Omnipod. Yeah, what is this whole my insurance stopped covering the infusion set yeah. that works for me? That I mean, that angers me so much. To hear. I know, and I feel like it's something that a lot of people have to deal with, and yeah. you know, myself included. But it's it just makes it because they're the same size, they're basically the exact same design, but one of them just keeps mm-hmm. failing on me. I don't know what what the deal is. So, making the switch, hopefully. That's crazy. Your insurance stopped covering like an infusion set. Like that's the yeah. dumbest thing to stop covering. <laughs> I've been using it. I've been using those sites for five years, right? And then, and also, I told you this too. My my Omnipod is not covered in my insurance. That's also interesting. And you're going yeah. through pharmaceutical benefits. You looked at it that way, pharmacy benefits. I looked at, I, I've looked at it many ways. Like I've, I've, got okay. to, I've tried the pre-authorization twice. I've been denied, okay. you know, like, wow. like they, for whatever reason, the insurance I have stopped covering the Omnipod 5. Now I want to get into the film you're working on, Breaking Limits on the Edge. Mm-hmm. What, what is this film? Let's start with that. How do I want to start this? I have been trying to find a way to reach the diabetic community my whole life. I, I, I said this many times. When I was a kid, there was no one that I had to look up to to relate to. I mean, there was there's Wilford Brimley from the Di- Liberty Medical commercials. You know, that's the only guy I can remember. <laughs> and I remember back in the day, 
my mom would say, hey, there's always Wilford Brimley for you to look up to. I'm like, mom, I got nothing in common with that guy. He's some old actor, you know? Look at me yeah. now. It's so funny. Right, you know? right. I was trying to figure out how to really reach the community. And I kind of landed, my, my producing partner is also a type 1 diabetic. His name is Dylan Leonard. He's a cinematographer, amazing with visuals and, and camera stuff. He was also a uh, college basketball player. So both of us are buds. And we, we were trying to kind of figure out how to build a film that would really um, – be able to, you know, get to, to get the diabetes community. And we landed on professional athletes who are dealing with type one diabetes because, you know, what better of a, an example to look up to besides someone who is competing at the very highest of, of human abilities and also dealing with type one diabetes. So that's where we landed. So the, the next move was to kind of uh, build a database of athletes that we could use as our subjects. And we're really proud of the people we've got. We've got um, Connor Daly is an Indy car driver. Jordan Morris is a professional soccer player, an MLS player who's currently in the playoffs. He's also a candidate to be the MVP this season as a type 1 diabetic with an Omnipod wow. and a Dexcom in every game. It's incredible, right? So stories like this, we want to we want to bring to people. We've got a, a stand-up paddleboarder, Fiona Wild, professional uh, stand-up paddleboarder as a diabetic. We've got Katie Bone, who's a professional rock climber. She just won American Ninja Warrior as a, as a um, diabetic with an Omnipod on her arm. So it's like these motivational stories are the ones that we want to try to bring people. So this is our documentary. Uh, the title is Breaking Limits. We're currently crowdfunding because we want to get my team on the ground and be able to capture my athletes competing right now as they're as they're going through their playoffs or their their championships. It's uh, it's it's really exciting. We uh, we've got a portion of it done. It's kind of like an like an interview, and then we go to their event and we capture them compete. Um, so it, it's been fun. It, it's been kind of the the. One of the projects that I that I've had in my mind my my whole life and my whole career, so I'm I'm really excited to bring these stories to people. And at this time, we we've got a crowdfunding for it too. Yeah, I'll put a link to that in the show notes for people to check out uh, and and throw some money your way so they can then see the finished product. And when the premiere happens, I'll be expecting my um, my invite. I'll send you my you, address after this. <laughs> you got it. You you will have an invite. But yeah. uh, honestly, though, we're you know we we're really looking forward to telling these stories. We're working hard on it, and um, it's just it's going to be some a piece that I think when I was a kid, if I could have seen these professional athletes competing at the highest level as diabetics using their di diabetes tech, like it would have influenced me. It would have motivated me. So that's kind of the goal here. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I'm also a professional kickballer. I'm in a kickball league. I'm Division A. So, okay. um, if you if you're looking, if someone drops out and you need someone, I'm happy to to fill in. Are there any other diabetics in your league? I actually don't think there are. No, well, I don't know you're, any. You're I think I may be the only one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a kickboxer. Or kick yeah, I'm going to January. There's a huge national uh, tournament I do every year. Awesome. Um, where where, where is it at? It's in. Vegas. Did I say that? All right. It's in okay. Vegas. Yeah. In yeah. Vegas. I mean, I mean uh, kickballs, baseball rules, except you throw the ball to hit people out, right? Yeah. All right. And, and awesome. We're like very, very competitive. It's intense. I, I see that. Okay. It's maybe, so fun. Maybe we'll have to check out a game or something. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What is the timeline for this? You're you're obviously still like crowdsourcing money, but you're filming mm -hmm. it. What What are the next steps? What are you doing next? Well, um, we just recently got a big portion of our Jordan Morris uh, part of, of, of the film, and he's in the playoffs right now. Like he's, I think he's got a game today, right? Like he's, he's killing. He's one of the captains of his team. Um, but our next 
couple of events is we want to go see Katie Bone and capture her training for rock climbing. And Fiona Wild is our stand-up paddleboarder. Um, we, at the end of this year, are going to go to Baja and watch her compete in some of her paddleboard wow. competitions and have the team documenting that as well. So it's, uh, it's exciting stuff. We, we were at the Indy 500 with Connor this last race. So we've got some really uh, some great footage. We, we just did the, uh, the Risley event where we debuted oh, yeah. a, uh, a clip from our documentary, their most recent clip. So we were really excited to share that as well. Yeah, that's great. I, I want to check that out. And I, I think that this is going to be such an awesome film for, first of all, parents to see what is possible, but also just to show their kids and be like, you could be anything one day. And that's the goal, man. I think, yeah, you and I, you know, it will. So when you grew up, you didn't really see other people like you or very, besides the Liberty commercial guy. Right. And, and I think that you would have very much valued something like this. And in my own way, growing up gay, I didn't really see much until it was Will and Grace that I saw in Degrassi had a gay character and mm -hmm. just seeing someone else like you doing something that you want to do one day is, is, is what you need as a child. Yeah. You know, it, it's so powerful and, and important. So this is, it, it's awesome that you're working on this and I'm excited to see it uh, materialize. I want to get a little more, um, more about you, a little more personal about you. So I was mm -hmm. on your Instagram and I saw a picture at the magic castle, which by the way is so fun to go to. Uh, it was your Halloween costume with your wife. Mm -hmm. um, you did like a, a Taylor Swift and then Taylor Swift's boyfriend. That's a football player. Sorry. I don't know sports. So the football guy, yes, him, but there was something interesting about Taylor that I, 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 I you know, was surprised yeah. by she's, uh, you're expecting she's pregnant. We are. You're pregnant. We're That's pregnant. amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's our first. So it's, uh, a lot of, uh, heightened excitement. We, uh, you know, a lot of, kind of, uh, you know, nervousness about the future. But I, you know, my, my wife, Lisa is incredible. She's an incredible diabetes advocate. She's helped me so much. And uh, together, I, I think that we're going to be able to figure it out, you know? Yeah, well, that's kind of what I wanted to get into was, have you thought, have you had time to think or, or worry about your child having diabetes? Absolutely. You know, a absolutely. It's, um, it's a fear. It's a thought. It's kind of, it's almost, I, I wouldn't say it's a constant thought, but it's definitely, when I think about my future and my child, um, diabetes is definitely a question mark, you know? You know, I don't like to think about it that negatively or anything, mm -hmm. but yeah. there's also like, there's new, um, I, I get what I think is, I think it's a medication Te that- Teplazumab? Te exactly, yeah, that yeah. will reduce the, you know, stop the onset, uh, yeah. onset of diabetes for multiple years. So that's something that's really exciting. It's something that I'm hoping we can use that technology to advance it, make it so maybe it will prolong it longer, maybe it'll stop it, whatever it is. So that's, um, that's promising. It's something that I, you know, when I think about having a diabetic child, I instantly think about that too, going through the screening process or, or that, that treatment, you know? Yeah. Um, and we would definitely, uh, um, see it as a viable option if we were candidates for it, for sure. Yeah. I was going to ask that. So have you two spoken about, are you going to get your child screened for you know, they're, pu everyone's pushing, get your, get screened because you can potentially use a medication like that. Is that something yeah. you want to do? Um, you know, we haven't had the super, like, you know, uh, the conversation where we landed on yeah. the choice, you know, but 
we've, we've talked about it here and there. And, you know, I think it's, I, I'm not fully familiar with it, but I'm pretty sure it's like a, like a genetic kind of marker test you can do. And it indicates whether there's a 20% increased chance of them being a diabetic basically. So, um, I, I wouldn't be against it, but we haven't come up with yeah. the, uh, with, with the, the plan for us testing that yet. Yeah. I mean, also like that aside and delaying it aside, I mean, you know, Obviously, I, I hope your child doesn't have diabetes just for their, you know, it'd just be awesome. Um, but can you imagine what technology is going to be like when they're an adult or even like in five years? It's yeah. crazy how quickly it's moved. And I can't imagine I find it, you know, type one diabetes is still difficult in many ways. But also, I feel that I'm living a pretty normal life and I can mm -hmm. do whatever I want to do. I mean, you're going to be showing that in your film. So no matter what happens, I mean, right. Like, mm -hmm. it's well, yeah, like, like you just touched on for me, especially like I've been through every phase of diabetes in the last you know three decades and it's changed so much and I am excited for the future. I'm excited for us finding the cure, but I'm also excited for whatever the next tech is that's going to make it easier for us. Cause um, it's just, it's, it's, it's constantly evolving, constantly changing. And, and I've been through so much already that I'm, I'm really lucky that I'm able to be a diabetic here in this time. And I wasn't born 40 years earlier. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, um, it's exciting. Well, Derek, thank you so much for coming on the show and for opening up about all of this stuff. Your stories were just such a great peek at ourselves. <laughs> like as you were telling your stories, I was like, that's me. And I know a lot of people listening would feel the same way. So I know it's not easy to fully, you know, share all of that, but it also sounds like through past experiences, you've realized that opening up in that way is truly important. So, um, yeah, I just, thank you so much. This was, this was such a great conversation and it was great to hear and your story. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you so much for what you do, what you bring to this community. Like I, I, I've touched on so many times, we didn't have people like you helping us out, helping us diabetics realize what's available, what's possible out there. So thank you so much for having me on and thank you so much for all that you do. I think that uh, you're really uh, changing the idea of diabetes and you're helping people out there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to check out that GoFundMe page for Derek's film. I've thrown a link to that in today's show notes and stay tuned for some interesting episodes that I have coming up. Next week is the beginning of a two-parter about IAPS. It's an automated system. It's a DIY system that for some people, they aren't even needing to bolus. Get ready for that. And, and they're in range for like 80 to 90%. I've also got Tandem coming on the show to talk about Dexcom G7 support and their new smaller insulin pump Moby. They're also going to send one to me, I believe, and I'll be able to check that out and put videos on social and on YouTube. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on YouTube and on all major podcast platforms. I've also got new videos on YouTube on Fridays and social videos releasing all the time. Links to those platforms are all in today's show notes. I'm Justin and I'll see you next week.